You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. The gospel has everlasting life. And we got to know what the fundamentals are as a church. The fundamentals are we got to awaken our spirit to go after the lost in a way that they can understand it. You know, not everybody likes Chinese food. So if you had Chinese, I know, that's shocking, shocking. So sometimes, you know, my wife, if we've been married 15 years, made me Chinese food every single night. At some point, I gotta ask for a different version. We all represent, we are the light of the world. And I want us to shine so bright that we can be so effective, people want to get around us. That means we gotta operate out of the overflow. We gotta understand what's going on. What, what stirred me so much, and I think if we don't understand this, and I think we do, I'm preaching to the choir because you're here on a Wednesday night. You know, I love the fact that when we were open, we were the only ones open, and you were so hungry for the gospel, what God was saying to his people, that you were showing up no matter how much flack we were gonna get. But I'm telling you, we, we gotta wake up the rest of the Christians out there. They are our brothers and sisters, and, and listen, I can get in my Facebook little rants with some people that annoy me, but at the end of the day, we gotta love them. But I, I don't argue scripture. I'm not gonna sit here and argue what's going on. We just gotta wake them up. What, what stirred in me with Candace Owens is Six years ago, she was completely over here on the other side of the line. And then all of a sudden, she had a, and I preached about it at Bressy on Sunday, a road to Damascus experience, saw the Paul conversion, got woke up. So he saw, was hating on some Christians, hardcore. That was like his life mission. And then he had one encounter with Jesus, and everything changed. And Pastor Jurgen was saying, like, you're an Esther, you're an Esther. But she had to have that, that experience, and now she knows I will be an Esther, and she is being an Esther to this generation, to this country. But if we don't wake up, we don't shake some Christians, we don't get knowing what we need to know, then guess what? Our kids are in deep trouble. I was listening to what she was saying, and I was getting some righteous anger on the inside of me. I was starting to have a revelation of, you're right. Why, why didn't I see this before? There is six hours a day that my friend's kids are getting indoctrinated. What I love the fact is that we have pastors that we saw the problem coming. And before the problem got here, he says, are you guys good for it? Let's open up a school. Who knows how? We sat around a table. And everyone stared at each other, and this is what I love about the faith of our pastor. He says, God will provide. Jehovah Jireh, our God will provide. He is our provider. We don't have to know. You know, God's building this church. All we gotta do is get out of the way. Last night, we had Tracy Armstrong speaking to some men. I listen, every hand that, if you were here for Tracy Armstrong, just raise your hand, okay? Man, it, man if you weren't here, I promise you, there was a spiritual impartation that, that I felt. I even changed the run sheet. We took a love offering, which what you weren't even gonna do because I felt we needed to honor something that was on that man. 
And something I felt shift, something was deposited in our men that are gonna start, even some of the ones that felt like they lost a fight. Some of the ones that figured out they don't know how to fight. Even if they wanted to, they wouldn't know where to start. I saw some men get some fight back, get some strategy back, get some hope back, get some faith back, get some stuff. I saw some men shift right in front of me that left with an impartation of hope, left with the impartation of courage, left with an impartation. They're gonna not sit back and look at what they don't have. They're gonna go get what they know they should have. And I'm telling you, it was a prophetic word, not only for the men, but for the men and the women of this house. Something shifted last night. If you need the message, talk to Pastor Alex. We'll get it to you. We need to get it to you, because I need everybody resonating on that frequency. It's a frequency. So it started with Candace in my heart. I realized we had to have an awakening. We had to go to the next level. Then I started thinking about it, you're right. I'm, I'm being selfish, I've been just saying, oh, that academy, thank God we got the academy, my kids, they're safe. I watch the joy on them when they come home. I watch the things that they're learning. I watch how my kids pray. I watch how my kids talk. I'm calibrating what they're saying about the gospel. I see what they wanna watch. I see the lessons. I see their friends when they wake up so excited. My kids, and I never said this growing up. Dad, how many more days to church? That never came out of my mouth. That never came out of my mouth. I heard church, I'd be like, that's so weird, I have a stomach ache. <laughs> Mom, you, I've got the sweats. You know what comes next. There's no way I can go today. She goes, you're 22, you're coming. I say all those things to say, and I just wanna read a couple verses because it's time to have a revelation and I'm gonna ask Pastor Samuel to come up here in a minute because I want him to lay down some ground rules for us. And this is re really just a positioning so you have an understanding of what needs to get stirred on the inside of you. God is positioning not only our church as we go into a waking conference, you gotta understand it's Rise of the Prophets. Many of you, because we haven't done a conference in three years, one, I love the faithfulness of our pastor. When Pastor Phil said, we wanna bring C3 Global to San Diego, but it was at the same time as our conference, I watched our pastor say, Pastor Phil, I'm gonna honor you and I'm gonna lay it down, which he did. Which is why I knew we took ground in this season because of the honor we showed someone that's been over us for a long time. And I love that. And it, it, a lot of churches don't talk on what honor looks like to the kingdom, but king, honor in the kingdom is what unlocks everything. When we learn to honor one another, you can unlock things that you've never seen before supernaturally. And I'm gonna tell you, that's why you see some of the gifts that are flowing. People are getting healed. People are getting restored. What I love it is marriages that, are, that were on the nothing, the, the divorce papers were there, are now healed, restored, and thriving. I have personal friends that came here. It's almost like we need to change our name to Last Resort. Awaken the Last Resort. I mean, we're laughing, but it's like, it's serious, like, we're hanging on by a thread, you're our last resort. Well, good, good, I'm glad you got here before you made dumb decisions. And what I wanna tell you is I cried at men's prayer, and I'm not gonna do it again because my eyes are dehydrated already, but I saw a man get up and read a letter that he got from his son on Father's Day. And he said, just a few short months ago, 
He was completely broken, lost. Didn't even know if his kids respected him whatsoever. And to know that he drives all the way down from Orange County, to know that his son probably wakes up at 3.30 in the morning to come with him every time, to know that on Father's Day, his son took the time to read a bell ringer letter and the dad got up and shared it in front of every man. It will wreck your face. But I'm telling you, that's a redeeming God restoring a man that has now changed a legacy for his kids, kids, kids. That's transformation. Some of you get it. Some of you get it. But listen, I want to read, I want to read this a couple verses so we get something fired up in our spirit because something's coming that if we're going to be the church, every single one of you, we got to lock arms. Every single one of you, we can't put the Christianese face on that I grew up with for 30 years. No, no, I'm all good. Everybody was all good. My parents were all good. 32 years of marriage, guess what? They got divorced. Obviously, they weren't all good. But they were all good when you go to church on Sunday. All their friends were all good. Everybody was all good, except I saw no power. We're not gonna be that church. If, if things aren't all good, and I ask the ministry team to come forward, I should see sprinting. I should see, like, like how bad do you want a miracle? Like, if I had a million dollars right now, I said, I'm gonna give you a million dollars, how fast would you run down here and take it from me? Some of you would be polite. I've preached sometimes, pulled out $100 and said, who wants it? The first time I ever did it, everyone just stared at me. Finally, one brave soul came over and took it. They were 12. That's called childlike faith. The rest of you were analysis paralysis. Is he really, is he messing with this? Is that fake? No, it was real. Second time I did it, a lot of people started running towards me. Politely. I've done it three times. Third time I did it, massive brawl. Two people dove, hit each other. I don't even know what happened. Because they know I'm serious about it. That's what we got to get stirred in our spirit. Stirred in our spirit. I want you to hear some verses here. Ephesians 6, 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. That was the ESV, you're reading the NIV. Sorry, I switched it on you guys, that's my bad. Second Corinthians 10, three through five. For though we walk in the flesh, we're not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments of every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. What I want to tell you that we need to take every thought captive because there's a lot of thoughts that we're having, that we're reading, that we're listening to, that aren't lining up with scripture and we're being the boiling frog syndrome, which means we're tolerating it and our tolerance level is going up and up and up and it's numbing us to think, okay, what wasn't acceptable 10 years ago that would have made me blush is now like an everyday thing and our kids are saying it. But we gotta, we gotta contend with righteousness. We gotta know that there's a world that's moving the line, moving the goalposts, especially here in California, that keeps moving. Wickedness keeps moving and getting more aggressive. And we started off just saying, you know, we gotta be able to relate to secularism. You know, it's just secular. We don't wanna be religious. No, no, no. We don't wanna get numb to what's really going on. And as Christians, we gotta speak the truth. We gotta know the truth. 
We have to get awakened in our spirit. I'm gonna read one more just so we can understand it. For the weapons of our warfare are not the flesh, but of divine power to destroy strongholds. I want you to understand there are some strongholds. When we open up ministry, I want you to break strongholds. See, what happens is when, when you're hungry for something, you chase after it. When I was in grad school, man, I was studying more about muscles and ligaments and bones and, and getting deep into it than I ever have in my whole life. I was hungry for it. When I got out of grad school, I wanted to learn about business. I was reading every business book. I was craving them. And when I was looking into personal development, I wanted to get around every guru there was in the personal development market. I was studying, I spent over $250,000 on personal development because I was hungry for it. I wanted to learn more. See, when I came to this church and I got prayed for and I felt something break off my life, I could see differently. When I got prayed for and I felt healing to my heart, I could love again. How many know that got me fired up? When I, when, I, when I noticed that one of my friends got healed, I started reading every book by John G. Lake. I read God's Generals. I wanted to learn how to pray because I didn't know how to pray. I wasn't taught how to pray. I'm thinking to myself, why am I so concerned with business books, but I need kingdom books? And I don't, what you focus on expands. How bad do you want it? You gotta know what's coming to California, and if we don't talk about a righteous church, we're gonna be in trouble. Now what's happening is Pastor Jurgen has saw something in a man that's got bold and courageous and a preacher in this house, that's Pastor Samuel. I want you to come up here right now. This is Pastor Samuel. I'm handing the mic over to him. Because there's an anointing on him yep. that he carries. And what I want you to understand is we're going to all walk in a new authority tonight. He's going to pray an impartation. He's going to tell us what's going on. He has a nickname, kind of joking around, Senator Samuel. But he's opened up the door to Charlie Kirk. The reason why we have that relationship, this guy. The reason why we're getting Candace Owens, this guy. The reason why we got some other big deals coming, Tucker Carlson, I'm not supposed to say that, is because of this guy. But listen... I want you to know that we need a righteous church. Pastor Samuel, pray hey, for us. Come on, let's give it up for Pastor Dr. Matt. Wow. And the keys are up. So, uh, no, it's fine. No, uh, I, I wanted to encourage me, and I sound better with the keys behind me, especially with Johnny Lick, the legend. Um, what? Jimmy. Yeah, sometimes we're really close. So I call him Johnny. You know what I mean? It's just. I'm sorry you guys aren't like friends like that, but that's cool. All right, well, that was fun. <laughs> how, many, how many are familiar with this book? <laughs> right, this is the truth of God's Word. I have also next to me this little book. It's not the Fallen Jesus book, which I'm also usually pimping, but this is actually the Constitution of the United States of America. If you don't have a copy of this, I highly recommend it, but I want you to understand that the authority of this book rests on the authority of this book. Okay? Everything written in our Constitution is designed to uphold the God-given rights that are given to us by our creator, not by man, not by government, not by anybody else. We are not asking for rights from the government. The government is purely designed to protect those God-given rights. 
right? Everything that, why are we so passionate as, as a church about politics? Because politics influence people, impact people, uh, ha- have a massive impact on every single one of our daily lives. The way that our government rules or leads or steps over boundaries or doesn't, does its job or doesn't, all of that is a people thing. That's why we're so passionate about it. You know what somebody uh, said recently goes, you know, whether or not, you know, uh, literally I was, we were just with Representative Jim Desmond a little earlier this afternoon. He's running up for re-election, and so we were uh, spending a little time with him this afternoon, and, and the, the whole thing was like, they were saying, you know, a lot of times restaurant owners didn't typically try to get super political. And then they said, well, whether you like it, whether you want to be political or not, politics came to your doorstep as a business owner. And the same thing with churches. Churches might try to say, well, you know, I don't want to be political. I don't know if I really want to do that. Well, whether you want it to be or not, as a Christian or as a church, guess what? Politics came to your front door in 2020 in a massive way, and it's been happening way longer than that. But, but the reason why, I, I want to just encourage us, and then we're going to pray for boldness, we're going to pray for courage, we're going to pray for faith, is that at the inception of this great nation, we had the injection of this word as the foundation of this nation. Do you know the 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence, 29 of them had graduated from Bible college, from seminary? You may or may not have heard that in your revisionist history public education. But, but the Bible was the most quoted reference, right? The most quoted document is the Bible in the formation of the Constitution. The, the, it's, it's the most essential document. And, and uh, the, the truth is about America and its founding, and we get the privilege of being in America in this season, is that we are called to be preachers of the gospel and expanders of the kingdom of God. And as we do that, we begin to establish kingdom. We begin to establish the territory of God. And everywhere the kingdom of God goes, freedom goes with it. You know, in all, all across the world where the gospel continues to get preached, guess what? Freedom begins to grow and expand in that region. Where God is eliminated, where God is, is subtracted, where the Bible is no longer taught, guess what happens? Bondage begins to increase. Tyranny begins to increase, right? And we, we're in, a, we're in a, a wartime kind of season when it comes to America right now. And now I'm, don't, I'm not saying physical war, but we're actually more in a spiritual war. We're actually in an ideological war, right? We're in a, uh, we're in a, a war of religion, basically the religion of atheism versus Christianity. I always like to remind people, don't ever think that the goal of government or the, the kind of uh, anti-God agenda or liberal agenda is to just make government neutral of, poly, uh, of religion or to, to eliminate it. And actually... Most atheists are the most zealous people that I know, driving agendas, driving situations, you know, through our government. But I think each and every one of us, as we have an understanding of who God has called us to be, the freedom and identity that God has given us, and the responsibility that you and I have to step up in this season, in this moment, to to respond to it. To, to step up and, and bring truth where there's lies, to step up and bring the gospel where, where there's a rejection of truth. You and me are, are not put in this season, in this hour, on accident. Do you think God just 
by chance has you and me alive in 2021? No, absolutely not. Right? We're here for such a time as this. And if God's got you and me here in 2021 for this season, then guess what it's probably not to do? Sit back and do nothing. Right? If I'm here for this season, it's probably to stand. It's probably to speak. It's probably to take action. It's probably to raise my voice for truth. It's probably to raise my voice for the gospel. And our founders began America because they were done with the oppressive, tyrannical, overreaching government at the time in England. And they said, come on, it's time to start something brand new. It's time to throw off the tyranny, throw off the shackles of that era. And it's time to step into a nation and form a nation where we actually have freedom to worship God as we are intended. You know, that's what Moses did when he led God's people out. What was the biggest thing that he was trying to lead them out? Yes, there were going to a promised land, but first it was, hey, let my people go so they can come and worship me. So they can come and worship me. That's what the founders did. They said, listen, we're, we're, we, we came to America because we wanted to have a new land where we were free to worship God as the, God's word intended and not being controlled by the government. You know, one of the biggest things you hear a lot is the whole separation of church and state. How, how, many, know, uh, how many know where the separation of church and state is, is listed? Is it in the Declaration of Independence? Is it in the Constitution? Is it in the Bill of Rights? Okay, we're a smart church. It's not in here. <laughs> because that's not the founder's intention. They actually, actually, let me correct that. It was their intention, but not how the current world has translated that. It is clear. It is so clear. The intention of the founders of the separation of, of church and state, which of course was only mentioned by Thomas Jefferson in a letter, was so that the government had a wall of separation so that it could not infiltrate the church and try to control it. Right? So as the church, do not fall into the lie. Do not get afraid and intimidated by a culture that says, you shouldn't be putting your religion on us. You should keep your religion and church in that box. No, no, listen. Listen, the founders knew that the only way to have a free government, a free republic, was that its people had a morality, and that morality, according to the founders, was based on God's word. America does not stand if it does not stand on God's word. This is the only way. It's the only option. It's the only option. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close and then we're going to pray here. Uh, Esther's story is literally one of my favorites, and I think it's a prophetic word for this hour. When Mordecai, the cousin of Esther, is in this, in, this engagement with her, and, and first of all, he says to her, hey, I need you to go speak to the king. You've got to intercede. You've got to you know, stop where all the Jews are going to get killed. There's going to be a massacre. It's going to be horrific. You've got to go to the king. And, and Esther's like, man, I don't know. I haven't been summoned. This could be bad. You know, if you're on, you don't get called forward to the king, you could get executed this this whole situation and in Esther chapter 4 Mordecai says to Esther in uh, chapter 4 verse 12 when Esther's words were reported to Mordecai he sent back this answer do not think that because you are in the king's house you alone of all the Jews will escape for if you remain silent at this time Relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. 
you know, in, in this situation, Mordecai drops a really important principle is that if, you, if, if we choose to be silent about the truth because we don't want to be persecuted, um, God, God's going to have to find somebody else. But, but my silence does not abdicate the, the, the negative effects of the world that's around me or of, you know, a void of truth. Mordecai says, listen, if you're silent, man, you're gonna, you, there's going to be collateral damage to you and your family. You don't think silence gets you to avoid persecution. And that's the truth in every area of our life. I've got to be committed to step up, speak the truth, and understand that I'm here for such a time as this. And this is this can be applied to everything from just sharing your faith with somebody because that's the first and most important thing. They meet Jesus, that's where freedom begins, right? And then it means that, hey, if I've been given this great privilege of being alive in 2021, in the United States of America, a part of this great church and a part of this great nation. And if, if I had forefathers that had enough foresight to build a constitution and build a nation with, with a framework that actually upheld the power of Christians to express their faith, live out their freedom, celebrate and worship God, and impact the world around me, then guess what? I'm not going to let their hard work go to waste. I'm not going to let their blood shed in battle go to waste. I'm going to stand up for truth. I want everyone to stand with me. And we're going to, we're going to pray if, over everyone in the room here. And then we're going to go party. We're going to have some fun. Um, what, what God is doing in this hour is just raising up men and women of courage who are willing to go to the king even if it's not popular, right? Who are willing to stand up for truth and stand up for righteousness even when we're not totally sure what's going to happen, but we do it anyways, right? We stand up in faith. We stand up in courage. We stand up with boldness. We step up into our God calling. And God needs you in every single sphere that he's put you in, in your home, in your neighborhood, in your workplace, in your school, in your college, maybe as a teacher, uh, as a professor, as a scientist, as a doctor, as a nurse. Uh, Whatever God has put you in, it's time for you to stand up with courage and say, okay, I'm going to step into my God calling. I'm going to live with boldness and courage. And I'm not going to allow the enemy to intimidate me. But actually, instead, I'm going to realize this is my moment. This is my season. And if the Holy Spirit and the power of God has come to me in this moment, then there's going to be a reason why. So that I can be a voice of truth. And why do I want to be a voice of truth? Because ultimately, truth is the only thing that sets people free. It's the only thing that's going to lead people back to Jesus. It's the only thing. So around the room... If you say, man, I need some courage in this moment. I need some boldness in this moment. I want a, a release of that impartation of courage and faith. Why don't you just lift up your hand all around the room. We're going to pray for that right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for your courage. I thank you, Lord, for men and women of strength. I thank you, God, that we are not intimidated by the lies of the enemy, the attack of the enemy, the, the, the weapons of, of the enemy's warfare. But, God, we know we've got your weapons, the weapons of prayer, the weapon of your word, the weapon of your spirit, the weapon of truth. 
And the truth is what I need. The truth is what we need in this room. And the truth is what this world needs that's around us. So God, rise us up for this moment. Cause us to step into our purpose. Cause us to be that city on a hill. A light that cannot be hidden, I pray. In Jesus' name, let courage rise. Come on, let boldness rise. Let let, let an unwavering spirit of faith rise up on the inside of us so we step into our such a time as this moment in Jesus name and everybody said amen thanks for listening to find out more about our locations team and what we do here at Awakened Church go to awakenedchurch.com